my name's Jack and welcome to the weekly roundup called This Week on Premier Skills English. In This Week, we've got lots of interesting words and phrases to help you talk about football in English. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can also visit the Premier Skills English website at premierskillsenglish.britishcouncil.org where you'll be able to download the podcast. On the Premier Skills English website, you can read the transcript and join the Premier Skills English community by completing a language task in the comments section. This will really help you remember the new words and phrases from the stories from the Premier League. This week, I've got three stories for you. I'm going to talk about Aston Villa's trip to London to face Brentford, a dazzling display by West Ham at Bournemouth, and the demolition of Tottenham Hotspur at Newcastle. The language from the stories that I'm going to talk about this week is agile, to have the upper hand, a relentless barrage of attacks, dazzling, to take your foot off the gas, to step up, to throw in the towel, to demolish, to try your luck, and shell-shocked. But before I get to this week's stories, I want to give you the answer to last week's football phrase. If you didn't hear it last week, here's one more chance to guess now. Last week's football phrase was a This was a really tough bit of football English. I am very impressed that so many of you got it right. This phrase means a tactic that involves players putting pressure on their opponents well into their opponent's half. If a team plays with a they try to overload the midfield and try to win back the ball by forcing their opponents to pass to a player who's weaker. Congratulations to Hassan from Turkey, Shikabala from Egypt, Viet Wingo from Vietnam, Dennis2000 from Belarus, Henry N from Japan, welcome to Premier Skills English Henry, well done Sat from Japan, also to Goku and Ken from Japan, and to Cesario Abrantes from Brazil, and Bikus from Egypt. Well done as well to Ryohei from Japan and Renan from Brazil, as you got half of the phrase. You all managed to work out that the phrase I was describing was a high press. At the end of this podcast, I'll have a new football phrase for you. It seems I'll have to raise the bar even higher if I want to catch you guys out. Thanks for all your responses to the task. Ken, I really feel sorry for you. My eldest son is nine and plays football at school every day. It's just playground football, but if he plays badly or makes a mistake, his teammates can be very hard on him and he gets quite upset about it. Now it's time for this week's first story. When you listen, I'd like you to try to answer the following question. Which team was dominant? Villains and bees level in London. 
Villa travelled to West London on Saturday to take on Brentford. Thomas Frank has managed the Bees from the Championship into the Premier League, where they're currently in 10th place. When Unai Emery took over at Aston Villa, the villains were third from the bottom of the table. Emery has done an outstanding job and has led the team to within sight of European football. Villa have enjoyed success playing a fast, agile style of football that's enabled them to compete against the top clubs in the league. Brentford play a more physical game, and on Saturday, with the home advantage, the two teams were well matched. In the first half, both teams came close to scoring. As neither side had the upper hand, both teams played with confidence. At the start of the second half, Villa were let off when Kevin Sharder got round the keeper and missed an open goal. The pundits called it the miss of the season. In the 65th minute, Ivan Tony got to the back post and hit home from a Mbumo cross. Villa responded with a relentless barrage of attacks and eventually Douglas Lewis grabbed an equaliser. Final score, Brentford 1, Aston Villa 1. Before the story, I asked you, which team was dominant? The answer is, neither team. It was a bit of a trick question. The teams were very well matched, so it was a great match to watch. The language from the story that I want to talk about is agile, to have the upper hand, and a relentless barrage of attacks. Agile Agile is an adjective that means quick and well-coordinated. Cats are normally agile. They have very fast reflexes and great balance, so they can walk along fences and jump onto ledges without falling off. I am not very agile. I've always been quite clumsy. Acrobats and gymnasts need to be agile. The word is more commonly used to talk about the way a business or a team works together. If a project is managed in an agile way, the managers will constantly review and redesign. They'll be able to respond quickly when there are obstacles. In the story, I used the word to describe a style of football. An agile style of football means quick and well-coordinated, and also responsive and reactive to the changes on the pitch. To have the upper hand. The upper hand means the position of power. I've looked at the etymology of this phrase, and it might have something to do with baseball, or it might come from holding hands, or it might come from playing cards. When you're playing cards, the cards that each player is dealt are the player's hands. So when you're playing, you might have a good hand one round and then a, a poor hand the following round. Normally, the person with the best hand wins the round. I suppose that the best hand might have been called the upper hand at some point, but I'm not sure. If you have the upper hand, then you're in a very strong position to win whatever game you're playing or competitive situation you're in. A relentless barrage of attacks. The word barrage comes from wars and fighting. A barrage is a continuous attack. If an army fires large guns at the enemy, 
without stopping for a long time, that is a barrage. The adjective relentless means non-stop, so a relentless barrage is a continuous series of attacks that doesn't stop. In a way, the phrase a relentless barrage of attacks is a bit wordy, as a barrage is already a, a long series of attacks, but it's quite a common phrase. Now it's time for this week's second story. When you listen, I'd like you to try to answer the following question. Who scored their third goal in three matches? West Ham overwhelm Bournemouth. West Ham had a good week last week. First, they fought back from 2-0 to draw against Arsenal. Then they beat Ghent 4-1 to book their spot in the Europa Conference League semi-finals. And then on Sunday, they put on a dazzling display at Bournemouth. West Ham are in 13th place in the league, but only 10 points ahead of the bottom rung, so they're not completely safe from relegation. Their victory at Bournemouth boosts their chance of survival in the league, but David Moyes knows they can't take their foot off the gas and that they need to keep stepping up. Early goals from Mikel Antonio and Lucas Paqueta subdued the home crowd, but Bournemouth were not prepared to throw in the towel and kept pushing forward and testing West Ham's defence and keeper. West Ham survived Bournemouth's fight back and soon made things worse for the home side when Declan Rice scored just before half-time. The visitors won a corner in the 43rd minute, which Crosswell hit well. Bournemouth got a block in, but the ball fell loose at the back post. Rice ran in and drilled the ball home, scoring his third goal in three matches. In the second half, Bournemouth did their best to fight back, but couldn't break through. When Fornals made it 4-0 in the 72nd minute, the points were in the bag. Final score, AFC Bournemouth 0, West Ham United 4. Before the story, I asked you, who scored their third goal in three matches? The answer is Declan Rice, who scored against Arsenal, Ghent and Bournemouth. The phrases and word from the story that I want to talk about are dazzling, to take your foot off the gas, to step up and to throw in the towel. Dazzling. The verb to dazzle is what a light does if it shines in your eyes so that you can't see for a short time. You might get dazzled by the sun reflecting off a window or if someone shines a powerful torch in your eyes. You can use the adjective dazzling to describe a light that dazzles you. However, we use it quite commonly to talk about something or someone that's really attractive or exciting to watch. If something is dazzling, your reaction will be like you are temporarily blinded by a sudden light. It will stop you and make you say, wow. There's something slightly overwhelming about how exciting or attractive something dazzling is. To take your foot off the gas. The idiom to take your foot off the gas comes from the USA. The gas in the idiom is what we call the accelerator pedal in a car in the UK. 
what you press to make the car go. We do use the phrase the gas, but it feels a bit foreign. In America, someone might say hit the gas when they want you to drive faster. But in the UK, we'd say put your foot down. If you take your foot off the gas, then you slow down and stop trying as hard. When a team is tired towards the end of the match, a player might take his foot or her foot off the gas and stop trying as hard. To step up. This phrasal verb has two common meanings. In the story, I think my use was a shortened form of the idiom to step up to the plate, which is an idiom that comes from baseball. In the sport of baseball, the batter stands on a plate. So when a team needs an individual to take on their opponents, their batter needs to step up to the plate. We use the idiom to say that someone takes action or responsibility when there's a need. So if a first team player is injured, a more junior player may have to step up to take responsibility in their position. Another example might be if a team has a really good penalty taker. If that player is injured and the team is awarded a penalty, the players that volunteer to take the penalty are stepping up. The other meaning of the phrasal verb is to increase the level of something by a significant amount. So, when there's a big match in Manchester, the police might step up the number of police patrols. To throw in the towel. This idiom comes from boxing. If a boxer is hurt in a round, their trainer might throw in the towel. This is done by literally throwing a towel into the ring. When this happens, the referee will stop the fight and award the win to the opponent. So to throw in the towel means to quit or give up because you've decided that you can't succeed. Now it's time for this week's third story. When you listen, I'd like you to try to answer the following question. Who scored an unbelievable goal? Newcastle demolish Spurs. I have never seen anything quite like the first 21 minutes of Newcastle's match against Spurs on Sunday. When Jacob Murphy fired in the first goal after just two minutes, it was a great start for the Magpies. But it's not that unusual for a team to be caught napping at the start of a match. Usually, though, they wake up. Fabian Schaar played a beautiful ball from well within his half that fell perfectly for Joel Linton, who sidestepped the keeper and scored. Then, Jacob Murphy tried his luck from distance and scored again. He didn't look like he believed it. It was a magnificent strike and put his side three goals ahead after nine minutes. Joe Willock played a gloriously weighted through ball to the feet of Alexander Isak, who was running flat out and struck to make it four. Two minutes later, he scored again with a confident strike from a tight angle. Spurs looked shell-shocked, five goals down in 21 minutes. Just after half-time, Harry Kane pulled one back, but it never looked like the start of a comeback, and by the time Callum Wilson scored Newcastle's sixth, many of the Spurs supporters had already packed up and headed home. Final score, Newcastle United 6, Tottenham Hotspur 1. 
Before the story, I asked you, who scored an unbelievable goal? The answer is... Well, the first 20 minutes of the match were unbelievable, so you could answer with any of the goal scorers. But I was thinking about Jacob Murphy's long-distance strike that even he seemed to find hard to believe. The phrases and word from the story that I want to talk about are to demolish, to try your luck, and shell-shocked. To demolish. This means to completely destroy something. Normally, we use the verb demolish to talk about the act of destroying a building so that the land can be used for something else. Special engineers put explosives in buildings to demolish them. You might also use the word to describe a building that is destroyed in a war or because of a tornado or natural disaster. It's quite common in football English and to talk about sports when a team or competitor is beaten badly. To try your luck. This idiom means to try to do something when you're not sure you're going to be able to do it. It's like saying you're going to test your luck, meaning that if you are lucky, you will succeed. If you apply for a job but you you don't think that you have enough qualifications or experience, you, you know there's not much chance of the company hiring you. So you might say that you're, you're just trying your luck. Maybe you'll be lucky and the company will hire you. When Jacob Murphy decided to shoot from distance, I don't think that he was very confident that the ball would end up in the net. But he tried his luck and beat the keeper. Shell-shocked. This adjective describes someone who can't think and act as they would normally because they've experienced something horrible. It comes from the the mental problems soldiers faced in the First World War. If soldiers in trenches experienced a, a barrage of attacks with shells exploding around them, they might become emotionally disturbed and unable to fight. The medics at the time described this state as shell shock. The term is used figuratively to describe someone who is stunned after something surprising or very exciting or horrible has happened. Okay, that's 10 words and phrases from the stories today. They were Agile To have the upper hand A relentless barrage of attacks Dazzling. To take your foot off the gas. To step up. To throw in the towel. To demolish. To try your luck. And shell-shocked. Listen to the stories one more time to hear the language in context. Villains and bees level in London. Villa travelled to West London on Saturday to take on Brentford. Thomas Frank has managed the Bees from the Championship into the Premier League, where they're currently in 10th place. When Unai Emery took over at Aston Villa, the villains were third from the bottom of the table. Emery has done an outstanding job and has led the team to within sight of European football. Villa have enjoyed success playing a fast, agile style of football 
that's enabled them to compete against the top clubs in the league. Brentford play a more physical game and on Saturday, with the home advantage, the two teams were well matched. In the first half, both teams came close to scoring. As neither side had the upper hand, both teams played with confidence. At the start of the second half, Villa were let off when Kevin Sharda got round the keeper and missed an open goal. The pundits called it the miss of the season. In the 65th minute, Ivan Tony got to the back post and hit home from a Mbumo cross. Villa responded with a relentless barrage of attacks and eventually Douglas Lewis grabbed an equaliser. Final score, Brentford 1, Aston Villa 1. West Ham overwhelm Bournemouth West Ham had a good week last week. First, they fought back from 2-0 to draw against Arsenal. Then they beat Ghent 4-1 to book their spot in the Europa Conference League semi-finals. And then on Sunday, they put on a dazzling display at Bournemouth. West Ham are in 13th place in the league, but only 10 points ahead of the bottom rung, so they're not completely safe from relegation. Their victory at Bournemouth boosts their chance of survival in the league, but David Moyes knows they can't take their foot off the gas and that they need to keep stepping up. Early goals from Mikel Antonio and Lucas Paqueta subdued the home crowd, but Bournemouth were not prepared to throw in the towel and kept pushing forward and testing West Ham's defence and keeper. West Ham survived Bournemouth's fight back and soon made things worse for the home side when Declan Rice scored just before half-time. The visitors won a corner in the 43rd minute, which Crosswell hit well. Bournemouth got a block in, but the ball fell loose at the back post. Rice ran in and drilled the ball home, scoring his third goal in three matches. In the second half, Bournemouth did their best to fight back, but couldn't break through. When Fornals made it 4-0 in the 72nd minute, the points were in the bag. Final score, AFC Bournemouth 0, West Ham United 4. Newcastle demolish Spurs I have never seen anything quite like the first 21 minutes of Newcastle's match against Spurs on Sunday. When Jacob Murphy fired in the first goal after just two minutes, it was a great start for the Magpies. But it's not that unusual for a team to be caught napping at the start of a match. Usually, though, they wake up. Fabian Schaar played a beautiful ball from well within his half that fell perfectly for Joel Linton, who sidestepped the keeper and scored. Then, Jacob Murphy tried his luck from distance and scored again. He didn't look like he believed it. It was a magnificent strike and put his side three goals ahead after nine minutes. Joe Willock played a gloriously weighted through ball to the feet of Alexander Isak, who was running flat out and struck to make it four. Two minutes later, he scored again with a confident strike from a tight angle. Spurs looked shell-shocked, five goals down in 21 minutes. Just after half-time, Harry Kane pulled one back, but it never looked like the start of a comeback, and by the time Callum Wilson scored Newcastle's sixth, 
many of the Spurs supporters had already packed up and headed home. Final score, Newcastle United 6, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Right, now it's time for you to think about the language again. Your challenge this week is to complete the gaps in the following sentences with the correct forms of the words and phrases that I've spoken about in this podcast. I've taken all of these sentences from news websites and edited them slightly. Number one. On Tuesday night, the Northern Lights put on a show over Dorset. Number two. The two-time Grand Slam runner-up retired injured from her semi-final match against Iga Sviatek, with the match lasting only three games before the Tunisian. Number three. We asked Sonia Kruger why she never... in Hollywood after starring in Baz Luhrmann's hit film Strictly Ballroom. Number four. Dogs use their tails more as a communication tool. Tails do not play a significant role in the canine's movements, according to a new study. Number five. Pep Guardiola calls on Manchester City fans to step up ahead of their crucial match against Arsenal. Number six. The boss of a North Wales butcher's says he's after being quoted nearly £800,000 for a year's supply of energy at his small factory. Number seven. The basketball player started the game off red hot and never... with 24 points on 10 of 12 shooting. Number eight. Sri Lanka versus Pakistan. Who has... in the final of the Asia Cup? Number nine. Neighbours living in a Nottinghamshire town say they would be sad to see a shopping centre, but many are happy the site will be put to better use. Number ten. Female journalists are facing a... and harassment, with nearly a third considering leaving the profession as a result, media support organisations have warned. Leave your answers to the language challenge in the comments section on the Premier Skills English website. Your task this week is a little more demanding. I want you to think about what you've learned from football. Through football, we all experience being part of something bigger than our ordinary lives. Whether you're part of a team or a dedicated fan or however else you enjoy the beautiful game, football can give you a different way of looking at the world. And this can lead to lessons about the sport, about different people and about different countries and cultures. I'd like you to think about this and try to complete the following sentence. The most important lesson that I learned from football was... The most important lesson that I learned from football was. Share your ideas in the comments section on the page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. Now it's time for this week's football phrase. The football phrase this week is to be. This idiom is a football cliche 
that's used to describe a team who concede a goal in the opening minutes of the match. It's as if the team were not quite ready for the game to begin. The phrase can be used to describe other situations where someone failed to do something because they were not paying attention. If you know the answer, be sure to leave it in a comment on the page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. Before I finish, I'm going to go through the answers to last week's language challenge. Number one. Pharmacists say supplies of key antibiotics to treat common infections have gone from bad to worse in the past week. Number two. Max Verstappen has proven again how worthy he is of the world championship, though a lot of it is thanks to Ferrari in so many ways. The car's been so good and the team has been so competitive and they handed it to him on a plate. Number three. Alan Shearer says David Moyes' multiple changes to his West Ham United defensive line made the difference in the 1-0 win against Fulham. Number four. NASA's Webb telescope captured the fleeting moment of a dying star before it went supernova. Number five. A Nottinghamshire MP has been involved in a scuffle with a prominent anti-Brexit activist in Westminster. Number six. Danny Ings put the hammers ahead against the run of play just before half-time with the first European goal of his career. Number seven. Political editor Beth Rigby asked the Prime Minister about criticisms of the national curriculum and if previous governments had dropped the ball. Number eight. Prince Archie is set to have a star-studded fourth birthday celebration as Mum, Meghan Markle, stays home to plan the party. Number nine. A car enthusiast is recovering from serious leg injuries after a Porsche surged forwards and pinned him against a barrier in a freak accident at an auction. And that's all I have time for today. Before I finish, I just wanted to say that I hope you found this podcast useful And I hope all of you stay fit and healthy and safe. Bye for now and enjoy your football.